Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Ungimmick. Um, we are very excited to finally put this project on the ground. Uh, Ungimmick is the podcast where we're going to be talking about all things magic, non-magical. And we are joined by our full crew today. We have Alex Moreau, we have Connor oh, McDonald, yeah. Matthew O'Neill, Sanji Vinod, and I am your host, Gonzalo Souza. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you boys. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. Yeah, excited to get this on the ground. I have some interesting Likewise. topics to cover. So let's, um, I mean, it is our first ever, so I want to give you all uh, one minute to introduce yourself. So let's start with Alex. Okay, well, uh, hey, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Alex. I've been doing magic basically forever. Uh, I really practiced sleight of hand for 15 years before realizing that I wasn't doing magic and then took a really like deep stance and try to work on the more artisty things. On on the side, I'm also a researcher and an avid rugby player. That is that is me. Hell yeah. Rugby. I did not know you play rugby. <laughs> really? I love <laughs> Dude, rugby. We're yeah. learning new things. We're learning new things every day. Uh, Connor, give us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Connor, and I'm super happy to be here. Such lovely gentlemen we're working with. I've been doing magic for a few years, primarily stage and parlor magic, but uh, I'm really just excited to have some good conversations about some magic. Thank you, Connor. Matthew. So, yes. All right. Uh, my name's Matt. I am enthusiastic 24-7. I love this. I haven't really been doing magic that long, but I just dove into it, became obsessed, and uh, worked my ass off to get to be the best version of myself I can be. So this is, this really makes me really happy to be here. I love how you two just introduce yourself with omitting the fact that you are junior members of the world's of the world famous society. Come on, come on. <laughs> That's true. That's this true. really uh, speaks the standard four, of the speakers we have here. That's true. Four out of the five of us are uh, junior members of the Magic Castle. Alex, unfortunately, is too old, but That's, he's still a savage me. magician. He's still a savage. <laughs> well, our third member is Sanjeev. Sanjeev, give us, a, give us a little bit about yourself. Yes, sir. Um, hello, boys. My name is Sanjeev Vinod. I've been doing magic for a few years now, and um, I'm Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's all we need to know. Nothing else. No, no, you can leave it at that. That's all we need yeah, to know. Thank you. <laughs> Close-up guy, though. Yeah, I study at Berkeley now. I research in linguistics and psychology, especially uh, the psycholinguistics of magic. Uh, I like public speaking. I used to be competitive in that. I, I like dancing. Um, I make bad jokes. Uh, I'm not enthusiastic 24-7, but I really like the guys here, so I'm looking forward to the time. Thank you, Sanjeev. Well, uh, my name is Gonzalo. I am super excited uh, to be doing this. Uh, we've been working on this project nonstop for about a month and a half, and we we're finally getting to see it uh, come to life. Uh, I am the fifth member of this crew, the fourth member of this crew that is a junior at the Magic Castle. And let's just let's just dive into this podcast because uh, we're going to start with our first ever segment, our one minute rec. And it's going to be presented by Sanjeev. Thank you, Gonzalo. So usually the one minute rec is a segment where we, the five of us, bring either a product or a certain event, a certain download, a certain book that we believe that you guys would enjoy, would get a lot of useful insight from. Um, today, I'm going to try to broaden it a little bit, and rather than a specific product, I'm going to offer a person. Uh, this is Derek Delgadio, and just reading about him has changed a lot about how I view magic. Um, so for some insight, he is 
not exactly a magician. He's more an artist and a performer. And the shows he put on, uh, the reviews are incredible. And he has a very few products on the market, uh, but there are some super valuable ones as well. And uh, he also has a little segment on storytelling online that I highly recommend because he puts a lot of thoughts into words about magic that I think a lot of us have difficulty getting across. I definitely did. And he phrases them just so simply. Um, and he also has a download called A Secret Has Two Faces, uh, along with Glenn Kino, uh, which has some incredible thoughts on the art side of magic. Um, so if you guys are looking to just broaden your influences, broaden your approach to magic, take a different approach to what you're trying to offer to your audience, uh, I think Derek Delgadio is just an absolutely incredible person to study. Yeah, I could not have chosen a better person to start our to start talking in our podcast than, than Eric Delgadio. Absolutely. Uh, what a gentleman, we should say. What a gentleman. Well, thank you, Sanjeev, uh, for that recommendation. Uh, we are moving on to our top, our main topic of the day, our big, big discussion. Today, we will be talking about the public's perception uh, of magic. And to introduce that for us, we have Matthew O'Neill. All right. So interesting thought I had is that, you know, people kind of perceive magic as sort of a trick to be figured out instead of really a mystery to enjoy, which is sort of what we want. Unfortunately, it's kind of brought forth by bad magicians who either treat it or present it as, as that. Uh, because of magic in popular culture and media, magic is actually kind of cool. It has a sort of mysterious vibe and uh, gives a paradoxical performance where a seemingly ordinary person can do pretty extraordinary things. On the other side, though, you have the like the cringy, the kid-esque magic or like really outdated magic, you know, with like a top hat, gloves, cape, wand. Uh, you know, the magician who tries too hard or um, like the one with the overly like super serious attitude that kind of comes off as corny. So I have a question for you all is what do you guys think uh, we can do as performers to keep people's standard of magic high or if it's low to raise it uh, beyond just Alex is going to say, just do good magic. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Although it does help. <laughs> yeah, doing, doing good magic does solve a lot of the problems. Yeah. Here, but... <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start. And with an opinion that I think nobody's going to be surprised I have is I think we brought this to ourselves. I think that there's a reason the public perception of magic is bad is that we've been feeding laymen very mediocre magic for some time. Us as magicians, we have standards like Derek Dolcadio, another amazing performance. We know about all the FISM winners, all the guys that have done extraordinary lectures and conventions. But the average person is probably going to see only a couple of magicians in their lives. And chances are, if you pick a couple of magicians at random that you're going to see and stumble upon across your life, chances are you're not going to meet Derek Dolcadio. And I don't think we're holding ourselves to high enough standards that people, when they see an average magician, they go, wow, this guy's an artist. I think Alex brought a really good point. Um, again, yes, I don't like the public perception of magic. I think it's unfortunate and makes, it, makes us have almost an obstacle to cross before we even start talking. Uh, but 100%, I think it was brought on by us. And uh, I think one of the reasons for that is magic is one of those art forms um, uniquely like this compared to other art forms where you can be bad and people still react really well. The reactions are still very impressive because magic at its core is something that surprises you, something that intends to fool you. And so magic with absolutely no thought to presentation, no thought to motivation, no thought to justification can still cause someone to go, oh, wow, you're really good at magic. And 
there's two issues with that. One, it makes the performer feel, okay, I've attained that standard. Um, and it, it almost makes us feel like we can stagnate at that point. We don't need to improve. And second, it sets that as the bar for really good at magic. Con, what do you think? Yeah. Wow, that's a great point. That I want to definitely stay on topic there. I just want to touch on something Alex was saying that like most people usually see kids party magicians who are doing things to suit the younger audience and majority of people don't have the opportunity to go to a place like the magic castle where magic that's where it lives and that's where it it grows and develops and, and turns into the art form that we see it as so and people see david blaine on tv you know and that's the very serious magic so it's just kind of like i said it's like advertising it's what they see that's true we also tend to forget that, I mean, it's really easy to talk about magic as a whole, because once again, we're very exposed to that. But magic has so many facets. I mean, would, would you compare a graffiti artist to just sort of your mainstream painter or the garage painter or to a person that does, you know, expos, which are meant to sort of question your perception of art? Well, there's this whole spectrum and people are aware of it when you're talking about painters. I don't believe people have much of a spectrum when talking about magicians. I think to people, you have people that do it as a hobby. And then there's David Blaine, David Copperfield, right? I think it's very hard for people to understand the spectrum of, you know, how serious you are and what kind of gigs you do. So people, when they see a magician, kind of automatically assume you're a hobbyist if they don't see you on TV. I think even then, the, the one standard that you have is um, you have either the, the, the David Blaine or whatever, the, the TV magician, and then you have your uncle's card tricks there's it doesn't it doesn't vary from that and i i just had an experience a couple of days ago where i did a performance and when i finished so somebody said oh i was just expecting is this your card and that's it's it, it hurt a little bit well it was uh comforting to to know that i was able to to impress those people and give them something different to think about in magic but at the same time it, their expectations were so low that i would just is this your card and it, it, it hurt a little bit as, a, as an entertainer and as a magician. Well, but also think about this because maybe this is just personal experience. Maybe this is just the way I come off. I have no idea. But going to people and then they say, what is your hobbies? Oh, I'm a magician. Some people, they're, they're like, whoa, that's so cool. I've never met a magician before. Wait a minute. <laughs> like Chris Angel, right? That's sort of the meme going around. But, yeah, right? Well, I mean, that's what... He's super famous. That's what people think. They'll say Blaine, Copperfield, Chris Angel. Uh, some people will say other, like... Willman has a show. Some people saw Be that. Roy. Yeah, there you go, right? So, it all it almost has, like, a mysterious vibe. And if they don't know whether you'll be good or not, if you have, like, charisma to where they think you could be good, that's also kind of intriguing. Definitely. We're also thinking of this in a very americano centric vision because here i mean magic has has a pretty good life i mean originally i'm from france and in france we really just have that one magician does weekly appearances on tv and then like layman just know that one guy here in the u.s people know about copperfield people know about the vegas strip shows most people i mean a significant amount of people have heard about the magic castle or even some on the east coast about the chicago magic lounge and lots of these amazing places so we i think the u.s has it pretty good and the just the sheer density of magic places with renown kind of forges people's opinion in a different fashion. What do you guys think? I 
very important to quick point. I, I grew up in India and I've witnessed almost a revolution of, of close-up magicians, of street magicians now, but they have to fight against centuries of this a magician's a snake charmer. A magician is it does the it does the Indian rope trick. A magician wears like barely any clothes and just like sits on street corners and levitates. And compared to that, uh, it does seem like we really have it good in America because we get so much exposure with shows. Uh, Penn and Teller Foolish, I think, is doing a lot of great things for magic because it's raising the standard, right? It's exposing people to okay, this is what great magic looks like. And now, if you don't at least try to approach that for people who are watching it. Then they're like, okay, and now now, have, now they're starting to get that spectrum of where good magic is and where the rest of magic is. It is that exposure that creates um, a diversity in the, in the in the magic culture. Otherwise, you you do conform to one form, whether good or bad. Uh, that that's the, another discussion. But the the fact that you have exposure and you have people talking about it will create the spectrum. Otherwise, you could fall under one. Um, what's it called uh, under one side of the spectrum which is great and you just your country or your section of the world is only known for this part of magic but it's amazing or perhaps the most likely because there's the the part of the spectrum that's good is smaller than the part of the spectrum that's bad you'll only have this tiny bit that's probably not very good but that's all that you have when you have exposure like you have in the united states and people know about magic there are many places to see magic um, people know of Vegas and every hotel will have a different magic show, will have different things available. It will create that drive in people to learn more and to research more uh, when they're getting into the art. There's two kinds of exposure, you know, we have the like exposing ourselves as performers. But then when this gets more popular, you have the exposure on YouTube where people are revealing stuff, that kind of exposure. And so it's. I don't want to call it a double-edged sword, but it's it's sort of in that range of the bigger magic get magic gets. So we don't know if it's necessarily bigger we want it to get, as long as the standards sort of get raised here. I think Alex might have made a point on that. Yeah, there's something else I want to touch on is that, as we said, like people get their opinion of magic very quickly, and if that what that entails is that you get also your opinion of magic very young, and when you're really young you're not going to appreciate a Delgado performance. I'm just going to keep getting back to this example because Sanjeev brought it up. It is a perfect but, uh, example. When you, exactly, it is. Uh, when you're a kid, like what do you know about magic? You either know a TV show, a magician's birthday party. Actually, I'm just, I'm just going to stop there. It's one of those two. And so when you're young and forging that image, you're a lot more likely to be exposed to the, I don't want to call it bad because realistically, it's, not, it's people trying to make a living and just approach things from a different perspective. But you're more exposed to the less artsy style of magic. So that so people sort of go, okay, this is what a magician is to me. And so breaking that standard is really hard if they're not around places like the castle and, and things like that. And obviously when you're a kid, you're also curious. And a lot of, you know, birthday party magicians aren't going to do very artsy stuff. And so you're like, okay, this is about the trick. I'm a kid. I want to know how it's done. Well, pop YouTube card trick reveal or whatever tv show trick reveal so i think all, all comes from this very quick image people make of us it's you, I mean, do you think the youtube ex oh that's all good no, no please because i might i might take it somewhere else <laughs> i just had a question for alex i mean and matt actually the youtube exposure that you guys brought up do you think it does improve the public perception of magic because that is a take that exposure raises the bar because 
a stance is that we cannot now resort to those simpler just trick things we have to charm with other things like presentation which we should have had in the first place anyway it gets more people into it that's for sure uh more people uh, more people doesn't necessarily raise the bar because you know you have to i don't want to compare people to inanimate objects but you have to like go through a lot before you find a gem you know so that'll bring more crazy gems but that also has just the sheer numbers of people you have more people who aren't going to be really striving to improve like those who do become uh delgadio darren brown etc yeah, I don't know how I feel about YouTube exposure, but you know what? It's inevitable. So your opinion really only matters to yourself to a certain extent, obviously, unless you have um, influence on the community. And you know what? It's around there. And I've in a lecture recently, I heard somebody say, hey, you know what? This has the added benefit. It was a great routine. I don't remember who I'm so sorry said. And you know what? This isn't going to be the sort of thing revealed on YouTube because the intricate methods can come together. So in general, what get revealed on YouTube is things that have like one principle. So if you really try to combat that actively, I think you can avoid the problem. Yeah, these are some really good points. Uh, you know, it really does just depend on what people see first at what age, you know, like for me, I definitely started on YouTube and I started by seeing a video of Matt Franco. But when you think of everyone's like come up story, right, of how they got into magic, they think of the big names that they saw on TV, they saw like real genuine, awesome, awesome is like a super weird word, but it's good magic, right? And for the people that see kids parties and they see this kid magician doing silly tricks, they're not inspired to go learn and go on YouTube and search for the good magic. Does that make sense? They're, kind of funny. they're not inspired, they're not inspired to learn, they're inspired to just know. Mm, that's true. That is a different very point. sort of unrelated point. Matt Franco is the only other person I know who's also Matt with one T. With one T. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're both magicians. Isn't that crazy? How is that the best <laughs> point you've brought up for this whole conversation? <laughs> <laughs> in in twenty minutes of conversation, Matthew finally made a good point. <laughs> it's actually a record. Normally it takes him much longer. <laughs> We love you, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, guys. Um, by the way, let's introduce Gonzalo from uh, Spain. I wanted Thank to you, do Matthew. that to him. He gets so mad. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I did say. No, I don't think I did say I'm from Portugal. Yeah, he's, he's Portugal. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of cultural diversity over here. We do. It's all five of us are from different it's places. It's true. It's true. Well, let, let me since since our conversation kind of took a little a little frenzy turn <laughs> and we, we just all <laughs> relaxed. I think I think this is the the, the appropriate time. To, to call in for our halfway point, uh, where we have our second segment, um, which is the breather crimp, which today will be presented by Alex. Time flew by. Yes, it does. It does when we're talking about interesting things. So the breather crimp is a segment uh, where we just take a quick breather for our conversation to talk about something cool and magic. And so this week I decided to talk about the general free life entertainment that a lot of magicians have, have put I think magic is really one of the communities that has really stepped up to this really weird situation. And I want, I'm going to do a little exception. I'm going to do one shout out for laymen and one shout out for magicians. Uh, for magicians, my undeniable shout out is going to be Rick Mao, that he has provided free ebooks with some amazing material. He also put out some uh, poetry ebooks, which are well worth your read. So that is a very strong recommendation. Rick is an amazing person. And I said person, not magician very deliberately. And for Layman, I am going to recommend Francis Minotti. He's putting up shows with, with his wife, 
uh, in their salon. He also does readings of books. Everything is very entertaining. So if you want a little break and not think too much and hear some great stuff or see some great stuff, head to Francis's Facebook page. Thank you, Alex. And this is where we're also going to do our own plug for our social media because we are on social media and we want to interact with you. Now, you can, of course, listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can check us out on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash ungimmick. If you want to chat with us, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash ungimmick, or perhaps the easiest way for all of us would be on Instagram at ungimmick. We definitely want to hear from you. Um, we want to know how you're enjoying this podcast. Uh, we want you on this ride with us all along, not only listening, but also interacting. So make sure you drop by our social media. And if so, you have a comment on anything you'd like to hear us talk about, shoot it, shoot it up in the comments, DM us. That We'd be super interested in hearing what you want to hear about. Absolutely. Sure. And really quick, Gonzalo, can you just spell ungimmick for everyone? Ungimmick. <laughs> oh, that is, that is actually good a good point. Yeah. Ungimmick is U-N-G-I- M-M-I-C-K-E-D. I got hope it. I did it Why right. Why did you hesitate? <laughs> <laughs> Why? It took me a little it's bit. Not it's not It's not <laughs> easy. I don't have it written in front of me anywhere. Um, the, the last plug that I will do uh, before we get on with the second half is for our Patreon. Now, of course, we are just a group of friends having fun, but we would like to keep this going and raise the standards uh, for all of us. If you are on YouTube, it's the only way where you can get video or on Instagram. I'll probably put this on Instagram. Uh, I am recording from inside of my closet because that is the sound <laughs> literally. studio. Literally, that is the sound studio that I have. We'll put up on Instagram, we'll put up the picture of the outside of what a studio looks like. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is a beautiful studio. I'm in love with it. But I would also love to be in open air. Uh, <laughs> um, so check us out, patreon.com forward slash ungimmick. Uh, that would be the, the, the biggest way you could join us and help us out in this journey. So thank you all. Plugs aside, let's move on to our second half. And I want to start with um, bringing back a point that Alex made that I found really interesting. You were talking about the, um, the birthday party magicians or the, the, the trick magicians. Um, and I think that's where the distinction lies because what we're talking about, good magic, bad magic, is that we have this standard that's set at an incredibly high bar because we look at magic as art. We, we want to see magic as art because we want to produce magic as art. A lot of people, as uh, you were saying, Alex, they're doing this because it's their, their living. It's their way to pay the bills at the end of the month. So it's not, it's almost as if it's a different approach totally to, to the work of magic where maybe it's not even meant to be an art uh, anymore. I would love to hear from you, Sanjeev. Uh, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. And I know that usually our second half of the podcast is focused more towards, okay, we've presented this problem, we've argued about why this is important and this is urgent that we move towards solving it. So how do we do it, right? We do want to posit solutions rather than simply just pointing out flaws in the system and just accepting them. So I think Gonzalo brings up a really good point in that I think this is a fundamental issue of labels, right? Because even in other art forms, that spectrum has different labels. Um, within dance, there's so many categories, there's so many different forms, and there's so many clear levels, right? There's many metrics to understand where a person stands, both so that you know how good they are and so that you can set an expectation for them. But with magic, it's just magic. 
whether you're seeing that kid show magician, whether you're seeing David Blaine, again, not to, not to harp on kids show magicians, it's just a different style of the craft in a sense, right? But that's the issue. We can't call them both the exact same thing because that's just the same expectations for them and expectation defines perception. So how would you guys do What are you guys thoughts on that first of all? And how would you guys approach creating a system where we can kind of deal with that more effectively? Yeah, wow. Um, I feel like this, this situation in my life has always come to haunt me. It comes down to the business aspect and it comes down to the art form aspect. And you can really see the situation beyond magic in every field, whether it be film business, uh, you know, so like dance, it, like sports. It really comes down to the business aspect if you're trying to make money and do this as a living, which, which by the way, that can also apply to the art form one if you've done correctly. But that's where the divide kind of starts to appear and show itself. No, I, I agree with you. And this is something that Asi Wind uh, told me, is that uh, he, he thinks that um, bur uh, birthdays or, or weddings, those kind of events that he's hired to perform at, are the worst thing for magic. But he likes to eat. He hates walk around. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's, that's literally how he presented it to me. And it... it Sometimes it does come down to that. We don't have, as as artists, it's hard for us to find that platform where we can do our artsy shows and our artsy presentations. Uh, so you did manage to put the Aussie plug in there. Congratulations. <laughs> I just, I We're just was throwing out, everyone. listen, throwing out good names is always, it's never a Absolutely. bad thing. <laughs> I mean, for now, our standards are Aussie one and Derek Delgado. Oh, shit. <laughs> And that, that was one kid's magician who played at my eighth birthday party, that guy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to come back on a couple of things you guys said. First of all, I think there's a lot of like words like we use because we need to express concepts that need to be defined. First of all, we're talking good and bad magic, which in and of itself, pun intended, huh. is, um, is a very delicate concept to throw around. I can, those are strictly opinions. And it's even like hard to label things as good, good or bad. On another side, not all people want to make art out of magic. And I'm also thinking of the thinkers. And I'm thinking about the newer school of magic, where a lot of people consider art as a craft. And they're not saying craft is better or worse than art. It's just a different way of approaching it. And uh, yeah, so it's, I, I think we're, we're also using a lot of like concepts, sometimes a little um, iffy in an iffy way. I want to rethink our words, but obviously we're just trying to have a spontaneous conversation. There's a couple of things you guys said I disagree with, but I think that's just a matter of opinions. But uh, it's really hard to sort of say, okay, this is good, this is bad. At the end of the day, as you're saying, I'm a, I'm a walk-around guy, okay? I need to make a living. And this is this term in the magic community that arose, that is the worker. That for some people is sort of the ultimate praise. And for some people, it's almost an insult. Oh, that's that's worker stuff. People don't really care about that. And for other people like that, those are workers. Those, that's that works, right? You get into a gig, you do your workers, they reset and everything. And the fact that us as magicians don't even really know how to approach that turn, it's kind of says, oh, we, uh, we don't, ourselves, we don't, we don't know how to do all that. So imagine laymen. Like, how can they know all of this? I'm sorry, these were really confused thoughts, but I think you got the gist of it. But it comes back to what Sanji was saying, is that we don't have labels for it. And the labels that we have are ambiguous. We, we can't yeah. agree, and we don't know exactly how to label it ourselves. So you said it perfectly. Well, how will layman uh, feel? Because and talking about good and bad magic, of course, it's anytime you say good or bad is touchy. 
what I what I was what I was trying to say, I'll try to make it a little bit more clear, is that we have that standard for magic. That good magic should be art. At least I feel like from the the months of conversations that we've had, uh, good magic should have an art aspect associated with it. <laughs> Matt, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, I'm no, trying to touch so, it because I see Matthew's face. Is, <laughs> it's either art or it could be artistic entertainment or it could be entertaining art. It's it's a lot of yeah, things. Exactly. And so many people have tried to put labels saying, "Oh no, I'm not a magician. I'm an entertainer. Oh no, I'm something oh, else." Yeah. And I think that mm. in the end, it, it's done sloppily, so it does more harm than good. But the like the action of saying, "Okay, what am I?" is a very interesting one. Yeah. When we're defining good magic, it's sort of like when you see a magic show. Um, most the biggest emotion, it's it's sort of like, "Dang, I cared about that." I'm yeah. so happy it went about that. I think that could be, I think I agree with Alex. Maybe he agrees with me. I really hope he does because <laughs> it kind of scared him at this point. But that it's supposed to be not just entertaining, but the people care. Bad magic is when people are like, oh, it fooled me. I don't know how he does, how he does it, but I don't care. That's, it was dumb. An entertainer shows you what you want to see. An artist shows you what you don't know you want to see. Ah. Deep. That, that, that was not mine. Just to be clear. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, we, yeah. we need to go. Uh, skills. <laughs> no, this, uh, this I, I read again recently in, in, in an old book, and I think it's, it's absolutely true. And you know what? Because I have, I have the pro here. I just want to bring one last point. I think is important. I think in the end, it, it's, it's your job to define that expectation. People see you. You tell them you're a magician. People react. Good, bad, surprised, intrigued, whatever. You know what? Show them what it's about. Show you what you're about. Like, it's not about you're here and you can defy their expectation, their barriers, their preconceptions. So do it. Do artsy things. Do workers. Do whatever you do is magic. And now you're not about that magician. You are Alex or Sanjeev or whoever that yeah. did their yeah. interpretation of magic. In the end, I think that's all that matters. Um, just to add on that, I think we definitely have to remember that a lot of this falls on us. And it's very easy, I think, to use the excuse that, oh, the public perception of magic is that they want tricks, that they want entertainment. So I might as well give that to them because that's what they want, right? And it's not always phrased in that way. It's sometimes phrased in even more innocuous ways like, oh, um, you need to open with magic because that's what people are there to see. That's, that's all you have to do. Um, or just any piece of advice that almost pedestalizes the the magic that the people want over what you want to do uh, i think that mindset inherently is is difficult and to elaborate on that i think we're gonna have to make sacrifices right we can't have that multi-million tiktok following that multi-million instagram following and get a lot of money and do only the gigs that we want right if if you want to do a higher form of art again it's art which means just going by Alex's definition people don't know that they want to see it which means they're not paying tons of money for it, which means they're not super hyped up going into your performances. You're going to have to set that bar. And so I think we're going to have to accept that, okay, we can't have everything. If I want to do art, I'm going to have to give up maybe some entertainment factor, maybe some of the wow factor, maybe some of the, wow, I'm so rich and famous factor. Yeah. The, here's something I noticed. Maybe, maybe y'all can disagree with, with, disagree with me on this. People feel the passion. People can feel the effort. People can feel the love that you put into it. Uh, maybe, maybe something implicitly we were trying to express with all these labels you were talking about is you can see when people 
are doing stuff not at its full potential. If you're doing stuff that's the workers, then mm -hmm. since the material is solid already, bring yourself into it. Do what you can to make the performance as entertaining, as funny, as emotional, as artistic as possible. Or if, shoot, sorry, someone called me. Or if um, <laughs> you, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought there. That's my bad. But, I but feel you know like what? You I, I'm going to agree with you. I couldn't agree more. I think you could, the discussions we had about art, there's one thing I put in the center of everything, and that's intent. Mm. Your intent is the most important thing. And no matter if you're doing shows, gigs, walk around, just stupid tricks, the only thing that matters is how genuine you are to me. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we're sort of That's getting to the, the close of it. Here's maybe one question I want to ask is, how do you think we want to present this magic? Well, I think that's an answer that comes down to each and every one of us. Mm. So I guess in a sense, it's we're not setting the standard to, to good magic and bad magic. We're setting it to authentic magic and inauthentic magic. And I think that effort framework being put in makes it's, it's, it's almost an extension, passion. right? When you care about something, you end up spending so much time on it. Well, authentic Look is just real. That's right. right. Absolutely right. Authentic is real, but also you have passion. You can feel the love out of certain performances. Mm -hmm. And people can feel when it's an authentic performance. Yeah, good point. Well, here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> the greatest achievement <laughs> I think we got out of this whole podcast is I made a point that Alex agreed with. <laughs> No, <laughs> there you go. I'm there not here go. to systematically disagree. I'm here to put in opinions, and they often contradict some of yours. But hey, you know what? That's part often of the would game. be an yeah. understatement, but we'll take it. <laughs> Alex, you were talking, and you said for a point that you just you were saying that you disagreed with stuff, and like I wanted to hear what you disagreed with, but yeah, we ended you up just moving on. And there. Like, oh yeah, and you know what? It, and I realized that because I forgot. I forgot because oh. there was like multiple points made in what you said, and I forgot which one I wanted to delve in. It would have been too messy, and I think I've started enough in this podcast. I didn't want to make a bigger plot of myself. No, he was he was just bringing his point, but he also wanted to mention he disagreed with us. Just so you know, I can't general sentiment. You know what? Yeah. Sometimes it's worth explaining why you disagree. Sometimes I don't think it's worth. I think here we also we need to keep track of our subject, and you know, I don't think uh, something that's opinion based. Like when Sanjeev says. In the end, we're setting our, our, like, what do we want to do? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone has his own answer. And we can bring and sort of conflict our answers. Is that going to change your way of seeing yourself and your relationship to magic? That's true. That's true. Some debates aren't we worth love having. It. That's a great point. I think our, our bottom line then is that uh, labeling the different uh, aspects of magic instead of lumping it into one big magic category would help both magicians and laymen in, in distinguishing the art. I'll bring it back to what Alex said in the beginning. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't necessarily put um, a graffiti artist or Picasso, or let's say Banksy and Picasso in the same, um, the same group. They, even though they do the same art of painting, they are very different. I think that would, um, that would help everybody. Uh, and it would help the art in being multi, uh, I don't know that word in English, multifaceted. Faceted. <laughs> multifaceted. Yes, yes so I, I, I got it. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank God you have a linguistics major. Wow. <laughs> that's my job. That's that's my job. So, if ever you guys need equations, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Alex, when's the last time someone needed equate? Well, they're gonna say they're gonna say what's good magic, and then Alex is gonna say yeah, actually, and then he's gonna give a long thing, a little plot there. And you know what? Um, I, I I'm gonna bring this back to something productive. Fernando Figueras in his lecture has actual plots talking about emotions and things, and everyone here should look into that. That is an extra right for extra recommendation for the people that actually listen to the yeah. podcast until the very end. <laughs> there you go. Extra recommendations. And yeah, yeah. you can get his at the table lecture for like five bucks on Murphy's Magic. And everyone should get it. Everyone. I don't care if you're okay. he's a mentalist. If you're a card guy, look at that lecture. If you're a coin guy, look at that lecture. So Alex, say say his name once again for the for so the podcast. That would be Fernando Figueras. And that is spelled F I. Uh, G U E R A S. Yes, that is like, that is how you spell it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, to finish off, we have our last uh, segment, which we are calling the assembly. Today will be presented by Connor. So take it away. Ah, yes, the assembly. So uh, here we're just going to recommend something non-magical that you guys should look into. So I thought I'd recommend my favorite movie whiplash mm. i mean listen i'm i Ooh. this is like totally subjective i think it's the best movie of all time but i think <laughs> i have not seen pulp fiction so but i think the message is there and there's a really strong quote in that movie that says there are no two words in the english language more harmful than good job and that changed my Ooh. life that movie changed my life Definitely go in, watch it. It's streaming on Vudu, YouTube, iTunes, and the Google Play and Movies. It's $3.99, just like going to Blockbuster, right? Definitely. <laughs> Blockbuster, that was a trip to the past. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And, though, and that quote that you just brought up could be an entire yeah, podcast. Yeah, that is something entirely different. That, yeah. that's, that should uh, be the next. Then I'm writing an essay on it. I'm, I'm already ready <laughs> oh, for the yeah. book, guys. We'll be <laughs> wow. ready for it. Thank you, Connor. Uh, yeah. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us uh, for for the first ever Ungimmick. Once again, our final plug for our social media. We are uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ungimmick. If you want to watch this podcast and actually see our faces and my studio. I, <laughs> yes, the I am in love with the my studio. studio. I'll keep mentioning it. You can go to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Ungimmick. Uh, best way to interact with us would be by far Instagram. That's at on gimmick or if you're really feeling it go to patreon and check us out patreon.com forward slash on gimmick that's u-n-g-i-m-m-i-c-k-e-d hopefully i said it right <laughs> never say the d i just want to mention something gimmick. that last segment the assembly it used to be called the ambitious card because we end on top and then we all collectively realized how horrible an idea that was. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> who, who was that, that joke from? Was it Matthew or Gonzalo? I don't, no, it was I me. It was me. I, I was gonna, to, okay, Gonzalo's I, taking the heat yeah. here. Yo, I, I will take the heat. I, I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today uh, on this podcast. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for, for joining me here on the call. Thank you for having us. Thank and you. And we'll see you all soon. This was on Gimmick.